Hey, caffeinators. Welcome to the Vet Tech Cafe. The Vet Tech Cafe is a podcast centered around veterinary technicians and nurses, hosted by myself, Dave Cowan, and my good friend, Jeff Backus. We strive to discuss current issues facing our profession and give our colleagues a voice and a medium to enter into these discussions. Our guests are experts in the veterinary field that we hope can help our listeners work towards dealing with these issues, as well as coming up with solutions that can lead to change. If you have a question, comment, or would like to be a guest on the Vet Tech Cafe, please contact us at vettechcafe at gmail.com, or you can find us at our website, vettechcafe.com. One thing we would ask of you, our listeners, is to rate and review us on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. We're not exactly sure how or why this helps us, but apparently it does. So without further ado, come on in, grab yourself a cup of coffee, and get ready for another episode of the Vet Tech Cafe. Hello, everybody. Thank you very much for uh, coming back by the Vet Tech Cafe. Uh, Caffeinators, we hope we're doing well out there. Dave, how's it going out there? It's going good. I've had a I've had a busy week here. Um, I actually just got home from a shift that I that I worked today and had to stop and get a Starbucks on the way home because I didn't Ooh. have time to come home and brew a coffee. So mm. drinking drinking my iced coffee from from Starbucks. I'm probably the only one that goes there and just orders an iced coffee with cream and sugar. And <laughs> I think it confuses them every time I order it. They're like, right. you don't want any like flavors or how many sugars do you want? I'm like, I don't know. Whatever you normally put in there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I'm like the the weirdest Starbucks guest because they I don't I don't order anything crazy. That's what are you doing out there? How are you doing? Uh, I'm great. It's a it's a really warm day today. It was gorgeous on the patio earlier. I sat outside and and enjoyed a beer in the hot sun. And Molly just come off overnights last couple of nights, so she was taking a nap. So I, I sat out there and just kind of enjoyed some sunshine and and it's Cinco de Mayo. <clears throat> it's Cinco de Mayo, and uh, I just uh, I know you're gonna hate it, but I just brewed a pot of. Um, um, my Door County uh, chocolate raspberry truffle, <laughs> which you know I, I think is delicious. And my goodness, if if next time you and I are together, I'm going to brew you a pot of fruited oh coffee, and you're going to love it. Oh man! Um, but uh, but anyway, uh, yeah. So, so, so Cinco de Mayo, uh, of course, a big day. And I was thinking about this earlier as well. And you know, I, I'm in Southern California here, where where there is, I will say, a, a decent population of of those of, of Mexican heritage here, and Cinco de Mayo is a big thing here in Southern California, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it has been my entire life. And, and certainly, I, I noticed it wasn't as big of a thing in, in my time in New England, but I think it was a little bit misplaced and that it was just kind of a, a holiday for people to wear sombreros and drink margaritas yeah. and eat tacos Go to and Mexican nachos restaurants, and, yeah. and not, un, not having an understanding of, of really what was going on or, or why it was being celebrated. And I still, myself, am not 100% versed in all of that. But um, so, you know, trying to think about it a little bit differently today. Um, and then, of course, today is also uh, another very reflective day for for those of us in yeah. the, the ECC world. And if you don't mind, it may just take a couple minutes. No, um, go for it. You know, a couple of years ago, uh, we lost uh, Louise O'Dwyer two years ago today. And, you know, it's just one of those things that, you know, it's, I think so many of us, and, and feel free to chime in here, Dave, and I think we'll probably even ask our, our guest here in a little bit. There are so many people who we cross paths with in this field, if you're in it long enough, who you find influential or mm-hmm. who, you know, give you encouragement along the way or help you out along the way or, or pay it forward, so to speak. And they they never really know that they actually had an impact on you. Yeah. And I think Louise was one of those for me. We were speaking on a on one of the the, the Vet Tech Life um, CE crews, the, the first one a few years mm-hmm. back. And it was the first time I actually had to write proceedings for a conference. And you know, I remember messaging her late at night, which was late at night for me. It was probably early in the morning for her in the UK. But <laughs> yeah. she was so gracious with her time and like explained everything to me and told me what to do and what not to do and had such a profound effect on my career, on that aspect of my career. And I, I don't think she ever knew that or or that she probably did for, I mean, just countless people. So around, many people, yeah. Around, yeah. around the globe. And uh, so, you know, today I just, I, I've been thinking about her and, um, you know, I I'll, I'll, I'm not a huge fan of gin but she was so i always enjoy a gin drink uh this day of the year and and say to louise and and i just want to say to anybody out there that hears this of course they're not going to hear this today right but no i just want to ask all the caffeinators out there think about those people who who have influenced your career who have encouraged you along the way and that could be colleagues co-workers managers it could be friends and family who have nothing to do with veterinary medicine and 
thank them. Just let them know yeah. that that they had an impact on on what it is that you're doing. And because my goodness, I certainly never got the chance to say that to Louise. And, yeah. and so you know, so many of us didn't get the right get the exactly. To say that, yeah. And you know, I, she was just she was something else. And and I I have so many memories, and also at the same time, so few memories. And yeah. And uh, so I just want to say, you know, to those of us in the ECC world, those of us in the the anesthesia world, because she was VTS boarded in both, <laughs> yeah, uh, um, or just those that had ever heard her lecture or had been in her presence with that larger than life personality and, and what have you, just want to take a, take a moment to remember her, especially in this month, in this series, mm-hmm. with what we're doing here and, and, and say thank you to her and to all of those that are are like her who have influenced all of us along the way because without that I mean so many of us wouldn't be where we are today right so, exactly uh, so so thank you Louise so I just want to take a moment to do yeah that, well said well said thank you thank you um, so I'm super excited uh, about today's um, episode yeah. that we're recording too and you know I, I, I won't uh, I won't peel back the curtain quite yet but I think <laughs> there are so many people in our field who are are doing these really, really, really great things. And it's mm-hmm. just, it's it's hard to get it out there. It's hard to to know what's going on and to, to kind of, you know, make an idea become a movement and, and so on and so forth. Well, so just thinking about like, you know, the, the mental health issues that we, we face every day and, and right. in our careers and, and finally being able to say, this is what I want to do to help out. And she's done yeah. that. So right, right. Bravo so, to her. Yes, absolutely. So I, I'm really, really excited to to bring this to everybody's attention today who might hear it. Of course, Dave, you and I have talked about mental health in the tap room that we did mm-hmm. just the other day, and yep. it was a big point of focus for us last year. A couple other quick things to, to bring to light. I, I do want to shine a, a light on um, Sip of Hope Coffee. You know, we've we've talked about many times on the show and and, and their larger. And we've talked mission. with them. Like we've yes. com- communicated yeah. back with them. They're they're great people. They're they're doing yes. great work. Absolutely. Uh, and, and the coffee's fantastic. The coffee is fantastic. And if you buy a bag, you can buy it online and have it delivered to your door. There are resources plainly printed on the bag. Yep. All their proceeds go to mental health initiatives. A really, really cool thing, and kind of a larger focus there is is hope for the day, or or it's h o t d dot org. No, it's h h f t d h f t d. Thank you, h f t d. Yes, hope for the day dot org. Yep. And part of that too is a new brewery initiative called Things We Don't Say IPA, which is a beer that is a open source recipe. If you're a home brewer out there, you can download the recipe and brew it. If you know a brewery that's local you can mention it to them they can brew it it's an ipa but it's it's one of those that is is the proceeds are you know meant to go to mental health initiatives and things of that sort and a lot of breweries are are releasing them this month as well yeah and there's there's what do we say hundreds now there, yeah, yeah when we first looked yeah. up there was maybe 30 or 40 and now there's yeah over 100 that are, there, that are making yeah. this there's several hundreds. So um, really, really cool stuff. And we talked about this in the tap room too. I think mental health in in so many walks of life other than our own is really becoming more of a movement or, or more of just a conversation, I guess is a good word. And, and it's really, really great to see. And then I also, uh, I'll shamelessly plug our own relationship with BetterHelp, yep. um, which is basically like online or, 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 or almost on-demand counseling. Yeah, because uh, you can communicate through text messages and all that stuff. So absolutely. It's, it's, it's 100% virtual. Um, if you go to betterhelp.com and use the code VETTECHCAFE, or do betterhelp.com slash vettechcafe. It's 10% off your first month. Um, if you're thinking at all about therapy, reaching out for help, I implore you to do so. And there are many resources available. This is certainly not a you know one-size-fits-all type of thing, but uh, might be something to investigate for yourself and, and see if it works. And kind of in that vein, this is you know what we're going to be talking about today is I think just another resource, another way to kind of help wake people up and and find resources and utilize resources. So I'm really excited to talk about this. Um, So we have Kelly DeSelms coming by the uh, Vet Tech Cafe today, who's a native Californian, moved to the Pacific Northwest in 2016. She's worked emergency or specialty medicine for the last 18 years. And and, and Dave, I I think like you and I, though, we've never really said it before. She was around when compassion fatigue was the flutter of a butterfly's wing, (laughs) she says. But um, she's embraced mental health and and for for what it is and and helps to guide new and old technicians to uh, address it and embrace it, really in order to survive in this field. And I I think that's a huge, huge reality for so many of us. We've talked in many episodes, there, there is a shelf life of veterinary technicians 
conditions. And I think this is a huge reason why. Yep. And the more we can talk about it and bring awareness to it, the better. And so um, we're going to talk about something called Code Pineapple tonight. We'll let her you know, explain and address exactly what that is and, and talk a lot more about that tonight. But Kelly, I'm so excited for you to come by the Vet Tech Cafe today and talk to us about all this. Before we start, what can we get you for a cup of coffee? Ooh, anything uh, white chocolate mocha, ice. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Everything. And not mm. sugar free. That's <laughs> sugar full. Sugar full. Sugar, okay. sugar, sugar full, full white chocolate, hot or cold. And you were saying mocha. before we were recording that uh, you like a little splash of coffee with your cream. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, put. Put, you know, about good eight ounces of cream in there and then, <laughs> and then just a little splash of color. A little, a little, <laughs> little, little, little drizzle of, of coffee in there. Yeah. Perfect. We can make that. I love it. Um, so as we kind of start out here, one of the, the things that we always ask our guests is to take us through their career path. So if you don't mind, just take a few minutes and what got you into vet med, kind of where you started out, some of the major stops along the way and, and up to what you're doing right now. And then we'll kind of jump off from there. Oh, God. I don't know if we have time for all that. But, <laughs> oh, we got uh, time. Yeah, we like got time. We got time years. in editing. <laughs> oh, that's true. Okay. <laughs> They're like, whoa, Kelly, shut up. <laughs> um, so my decision to get into vet med started, I was in the fourth grade, and I went on a field trip to UC Davis with our 4-H group. <laughs> and I walked into the equine hospital and said, done. Like, <laughs> that's it. I saw the tables that they- Sold. Yeah, that they strapped a horse to and then laid down. I was like, yep, this is me. <laughs> and uh, went all the way through high school with that as my goal. Got to college and went by to volunteer at or just kind of like shadow a, a job at a vet clinic. And it ended up being emergency because being in school, I could only do stuff after class. And they ended up hiring me as a receptionist who didn't even know that there are breeds of cats. <laughs> um, I was really freaked out that this cat came in with bilateral ear hematomas <laughs> and I was like, Oh my God, this poor cat. And they're like, dude, that's a Scottish fold. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, what's that? <laughs> they're like, look at the poster, dude. <laughs> so, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Started out little and then, you know, being in that emergency clinic, I made the realization well, doctors just look at the patients and they cut into them and then they sit around doing a bunch of paperwork. <laughs> I don't want to do that. <laughs> so then I, I made the decision to um, switch to being a, a technician. I didn't even know what a RVT was at the time. Um, no one ever talked about that in any career counseling. It was an, an interesting transition, and I was very lucky that the college that I was going to, which was Cal Poly Pomona. Yeah, I went there. <laughs> really? Yay. Yeah, I did. Sweet. So it had just, they just took over having a tech program that used to be half and half Cal Poly and half and half junior college down the street. And they brought the whole program over to Cal Poly. So I got to graduate with a BS in animal health science and AVMA approved, got to take my tests and then stuck around in emergency down there for a couple of years and moved up north, ended up in a giant specialty GP emergency hospital. And that is where I discovered <laughs> mental health. <laughs> <laughs> or the need like, or the need for it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that's my problem. Spent some time there, worked at a couple different specialties, lasted a year in general practice, then just kind of, you know, moved around to try and find the hospital that I really wanted to be at for forever. And it takes a lot of time to find that. Luckily, my travels led me to Monterey, which was, of course, amazing. And then eventually up to Washington for what I thought was going to be a really awesome job. But then again, things change and now I am managing in a 24-hour ER practice. Trying to keep all of my people sane through COVID has been <laughs> something, some of the biggest challenge I've ever faced. So in a nutshell, that's me. Oh, I'm also certified in canine rehab. So oh, wow. Okay. I, yeah, I also do that. 
That's great. And so let's let's just look at look at an all-encompassing kind of question here. Where do you see the veterinary technician profession right now? So looking at like mental health, looking at, you know, what are the what are the needs that we have as technicians? What makes this job great and what's something that we need to fix? Oh gosh. So I know that's a loaded question. There's so many things, <laughs> so many ways you can go with that. Yeah, yeah. where do I start? <laughs> you guys had mentioned in my bio, I was I basically started realizing that I had compassion fatigue after doing all my own research back in 2008. You know, even just then, like, it doesn't seem like it was that long ago. But compassion fatigue wasn't something that anyone talked about. They didn't say anything to us. Burnout was not a thing. It was just like, oh, what's your problem? Like, I'm like, well, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, like, I don't know why I'm crying, but continue with rounds. It's okay. <laughs> oh, I'll just be over here. It's fine. <laughs> I'm really, really proud of the field that mental health and awareness has grown so much. I'm just very, very sad that it has had to. And you guys really killed me bringing up Louise O'Dwyer. Like, mm, yeah. I like just crumpled when I heard that, like about it, you know, when, when it happened and I was just like, what, what in the world? Like I only mm -hmm. got to meet her once and I think I just like stared at her open mouth, you know, <laughs> like, oh my God, you're Louise. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> and then just listening to her talk with her accent. Oh I'm like, my I'm, gosh. I'm I done. know. I know yeah. there 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 were so many things that she said as a speaker that as, you know as a, as a Brit just as her normal conversation yeah that, that we just couldn't get away with and I, I can't repeat them on air but they <laughs> yeah. were just they were, they were just part of her normal lecture and and I just oh yeah wow, we're gonna have to find some back backdated footage then <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I mean you know she was such an inspiration and and I'm I'm one of those nerd tech where I I find people in this field that I strive to be. And I hope I hope right now, like at least with my staff, someone is striving to be me. But, you know, I just always feel like in like 18 years, people think, oh, you should know everything. Why are you still going to conferences? And I'm just like, no, this field is ever changing and, mm -hmm. you know, continuously learning and, and getting through this. And, and now that mental health is becoming one of the the tracks and things it's just mm -hmm. yay but there's just you know so many things that still need to be fixed and you know being manager and listening to my staff and every other technician in the world you know the the big thing is you know finances i think one of my staff she's a weird one-of-a-kind person who doesn't get depressed doesn't get sad doesn't get upset and i'm like go away it's <laughs> like I don't I don't need that energy here. <laughs> you, you suffer like the rest of us. But she's just like I I don't understand what people get depressed about is it like the euthanasias and I'm like no. You know, especially working ER, you know, there are very few euthanasias that get me down because I don't think they're necessary because we don't do those. You know, if we do a euthanasia, we are helping something to not suffer. Mhm. Mm so that has never bugged me. You know, the patients that do get to me are the ones that people are holding on to that really should be let go, that continue to suffer. Mm -hmm. But still at the same time, you know, I've always worked with people who are really good about explaining it to, to clients that we don't see that many. But the big thing is, is all the stressors in life, you know, going home and living paycheck to paycheck and having to have a second job or having to have two second jobs, you know, for me, that's the most stressful part. And also, you know, there's definitely stuff in clinic, like clients being evil, especially this last year, everyone started out so great and understanding. And now they're throwing things at us <laughs> um, or honking at us. But you know, it's, it's all that home life, you know, taking stuff home and, oh, that parvo puppy was so sad, or that hit by car was just, you know, so rough. Or, God, my coworkers are going through this and I'm having all this home stuff that I can't do because I don't have the finances or I don't have insurance coverage or, or all these things. And, and I know it's a really hard thing to fix, especially, you know, at a state level, let alone a national level of changing those things. I really 
kind of hope that the more corporate conglomerates that come out and take over our practices will start to, you know, think about that more for their people of paying a decent wage, of providing benefits that actually benefit their employees and mm. make them stronger and more resilient. But so far, it's not looking like that. You know, we try very, very hard to make sure our people are making a living wage. And yet it's still, it's, it's just not enough. There's a livable wage and then there's a comfortable wage. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, you know, that that definitely is affecting things and, you know, seeing people come in and out of the field. It's sad. I grew up in the field where, you know, it was, oh, you're a technician. Oh, yeah, because my husband makes all the money. (laughs) I just do this for fun. And so I think it still kind of technically has that weird stigma. Like this is just the second income. And I'm like, well, this is the only income. You know, like, yes, I'm single, everybody. <laughs> going to throw that out there. <laughs> Vet Tech Cafe podcast and dating app. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, hey, opportunities, guys. Opportunities. <laughs> right, right. Well, I think to your to your point, you know, I, I've been saying this for a, a few years now is that we, we have to stop referring to this as a job and refer to it as a career because yes. a job is something expendable. Uh, right. it, it's something you need, but it's something you can just get another one. Right. Um, a career is something that you put time and effort and, and dedication into. I, I think that's another thing that we need to work on is is referring to this more as a career as opposed to just a job. Yeah, and I think that's one of my biggest pet peeves. <laughs> Is when people come in and it's just like, that's not my job. This is Mm. my job. And I'm just like, okay, I have a freaking four-year degree. I have this, these letters behind my name. I've been in this field. I've been over here. This is a career. This is Mm -hmm. a career choice. You put everything into it that you want to get out of it. And so if it's just a job, there's the door. I want people that are going to be dedicated to this. And it's getting harder and harder to find those people. So, you know, I have to lower some of my own soapbox a little bit. But, you know, it it is something that you really do commit to. And I think, you know, one thing that actually, as, as we've kind of been talking of thinking about it is here I went to a four year college. You know, that was, oh God, 2000. Five two thousand six. <laughs> <laughs> At that point, that was the only four-year degree program for technicians. And so, I think when you look at where all of the the classes are coming from that most people have gone through, are these vocational schools where it's kind of like, well, yeah, here's just some some training, and maybe they just don't feel like it's like really career bound in a way. I don't know because they yeah. charge an arm and a leg for those programs. Um, they do. Right. They, they, do. they, they charge as though you're going to be in a career. <laughs> yeah. They, they charge as though you're going to have this well, career, but like, you know, this, this path and so on and so forth, but it just two and two don't equal four there. Right. Mm. And, you know, and so many of those people having to go through, you know, now they're in their student loans are insane. Right. Yeah, yeah it, it's interesting you say that because um, Dave, you, you're you're from Massachusetts originally. I don't know if you're familiar with Becker College. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they they just shut down, mm. and that was a huge, huge. This was a a two and a four year program in Massachusetts, um, but also had a a very large pre vet program where um, a lot of a lot of their students came to Tufts while I worked there, and then ultimately worked there as as an assistant or a technician for a while, and then and actually then went off to vet school, and and they just closed down. And there are there are a number of of technicians that I worked with that were Becker graduates. They were still paying off their student loans. The school is gone, but yeah. they still they still got to pay the loans. Pay. So Kelly, kind of thinking about that, you know, you, you you touched on a number of different facets there, but from your position, from your chair, if if you were the the ruler of the veterinary technician profession for the day, like what what is which which one thing would you f- hone in on to fix? And and, and if you, again, unlimited resources at your disposal, what would you do to fix it? For me, and especially because I have such a a strong support of better mental wellness. I think good benefits mm-hmm. for people, health coverage that actually covers a psychiatrist and psychology and medications and something that's easy for people to get into. You know, like right now I have the highest deductible 
ever. I have an HSA account. Thanks, pre-tax money that's still mine coming out of pocket. There are times where I'm just like, well, I might be dying, but I can't afford to go anywhere. (laughs) I can't afford to live. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I might be dying, but I can't afford to live. (laughs) (laughs) I might be dying, but I I need to eat later. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I got to save that five bucks for my peanut butter and jelly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But, you know, I I think that's, that's a huge one for me. And even if pay is still low, by having those benefits where stuff is covered and you're not paying so much out of pocket... You're still able to provide yourself with that basic necessity of self-care. Yeah. And then obviously everybody gets paid $100 an hour <laughs> so, and gets a free puppy whenever they want. Right, right. Yes. Well, well you know, that's a, that's kind of an interesting take on it because, you know, that that's one of the first times I think, Jeff, that we've heard something that could help fix the profession that's not within the profession because that's that's more of a, a health insurance issue as opposed to a I guess it's not really a benefits issue be, it, because you're you're looking at those types of benefits coming from outside of of what we have to offer well although I guess you can can look at it and say yeah. you know we need to pick better health care insurance providers um, because I know there are there are health insurance providers that do provide mental health coverage but you know that's kind of something that's you know, fringe, not actually within the clinic. It's it's right. something that's outside the clinic. It is, and and you know, we we I, I think I mentioned this before is that you know if you're in this field long enough, you it's it's sad. It's a sad reality, but you you almost educate or achieve yourself out of the market to some degree. Like you you top yeah. out essentially, yeah. but where a clinic can make up that difference is in benefits. You know, certainly if you're starting out at 20, 21 years old, like, yeah, the, the paycheck is what you care about. When yeah. you're 40, 41 years old, it's the benefits or it's the retirement that, that begins to matter. Like, you know, I, I think about even even my job. I With the ASPCA, I have tremendous benefits. And and actually, even my, my emergency veterinarian wife is, is on my plan because the benefits were better than the job she has, and I couldn't even be added to her. To her planet, her mm, work. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I I will keep my job as as long as possible, f- just f- so for our benefits. And so to, you know, to Kelly's point, like it, it's it's at some point, I feel like there is a time where it's not that the wage isn't important, but but the importance of the wage lessens, and the importance of the benefits, the the retirement, the life insurance, those other things kind of start to matter. And I, I think that's really where you know certain clinics. Even if they can't pay their people top of of the market, they can still offer benefits and not just health insurance, but but fringe benefits that will set them apart from their competitors. And I don't think there's enough clinics that that look at it like that. Well, I think also you mentioned, you know, as you get older, you know, as as we've gotten older, we get to the point where we earn a certain amount. You know, it's it's not like you go to a, a new job after you've worked 10 years at one practice and you go back to the beginning. You don't go back to making, you know, the low man on the totem pole or the, or the low person on the totem pole. You you, you do start to, to earn that that higher amount. And, and I've been through that, too, where, you know, we got to a point where we had kind of a lean year at the, at the hospital that I was working at. And they said, you know, we can't give you a, a per hour raise, but here's what we're going to do. We're going to instead of covering 50 percent of your health insurance, here's all of your health insurance. Right. Uh, yeah. So. So even that was like a, yeah. a huge, like, it was more money in my paycheck that, that wasn't coming out. So, yeah. you know, bottom line, I saw more money, but. Yeah. And, and you know, to your point, I mean, I know of, of academic institutions that I, I don't want to call out on air, but, but that, <laughs> that, 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 is, that is the situation. And yeah. I'm not saying anywhere I've worked, but other ones that I know of, that it doesn't matter who you are or what your credentials are. You start at ground zero. It doesn't matter, you know, and yeah. so, you know, so that does exist, but, but even, you know, like to your point, yeah, like we can't, we can't afford to offer you a raise this year, but here's three extra days of PTO or, yeah, yeah. Yes. you know, there are so many things that, that can be done where you don't just throw up your hands and say, we can't do this this year, but, but here, 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 <laughs> yeah, sorry. here we are, here we are like trying to figure out a different way to, to yeah. make, to make it happen. And, and Yeah. So I I completely agree with where you're coming from, Kelly. Yeah, I mean, like, my poor staff, I'm very, very, very probably way too open about my mental health because I want them to feel comfortable talking about it. Mm-hmm. And what has kind of made me happier because of that is that more people are just coming to me and instead of saying, 
you know, just calling in the next day, they'll just be like, Kelly, I, I really need a mental day tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, fine, do it. Yep. You know, like if you can't find coverage, I will, you know, at least work half the shift for you or something. But yes, please, if you feel you need that, take that day. And so, you know, obviously if they're going to abuse it, then no, but um, <laughs> <laughs> they know not to do that. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, there is the, that inherent risk of somebody just saying, you know what, I think I want a mental health day and yeah. I'm going to go to the beach, which I mean, <laughs> which if you is need a that, mental health day. <laughs> yeah, if you need that, you should do it. But if you know, if you're just going to be doing that every other week, that's that's kind of not, right, right, not right. the point of it, and right, you don't want to abuse right. the system. Right, so exactly. You you kind of touched on a, a little bit of, you know, the answer to this question, but why is mental health so important to you? You know, you mentioned that you discovered the need for mental health at, at one point. Was there something that triggered that that made you say, this is what I need to do, and, and this is how I need to take care of myself? Why are you here today, I guess, talking <laughs> on our Mental Health Awareness Month uh, episode? That, that brought it to the brought you to the forefront here when I finally like figured out what my problem was and why I couldn't get out of bed and why I didn't have any desire to do anything I had started talking to a behaviorist and a psychiatrist and realizing that oh I've had anxiety my entire life even going back to I was a kid in 4-h and showing my horse every night before I would never sleep and then I you know like I'd sleep like an hour or two get up really early, get everything together. We'd get to the horse show and I would just start crying. Like, I don't want to be here. Oh my God. Mm. <laughs> and my dad would yell at me like, we got up this morning. We paid for this. <laughs> you get in there. And I'd go in. I'm like, and the first class is always showmanship for non-horse people where you just like walk your horse around in a circle and look pretty. <laughs> um, <laughs> and you're walking next to them. So it's the only class you are not on a horse and not to toot my own horn, but I was really good. <laughs> and um, I have buckles to prove that I was actually very good. And so I'd go in and I would most of the time win the class and I'd come out and I'm like, Oh my God. Yay. This is so great. And my dad would be like, Nope, you don't want to be here. Get in the truck. And of course I'd break down crying again and then we would stay. But literally, like, every horse show for a good three or four years, that was my anxiety coming through. And, of course, as a kid, I don't know what that means. And with my parents of being baby boomers, they don't <laughs> – mental health, <laughs> that doesn't exist. What's depression? You know, so talking through that. And so I started getting treatment at that time, but I was still, you know, suffering with trying different medications, still feeling this way tried to explain this to my HR, but then they they decided to fire me. Goodness. Yeah. And, you know, that just really hit me. I was like, well, wait a second. Not to compare myself with another coworker who just got diagnosed with cancer, but you're adapting for that illness. Why won't you adapt for mine? And mm. why does that, you know, she get to stay and I don't. And, you know, obviously not trying to compare depression to sure, cancer, sure. but at the same time, they're both illnesses. They're both illnesses that we did not choose. Right. And, um, and also just just thinking of like, what could possibly be worse for someone with depression or anxiety is, is to just say, you know what, get out of here. It, <laughs> yeah. It's almost like taking the person with ca- cancer and saying, guess what? You're going to be taking more x-rays. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <Right. laughs> And you're going to be working with all the chemo drugs because right, exactly, you're yeah. used to it, right? Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Terrible. So, so that was, I mean, I, I wasn't happy at that position. So it wasn't so much that I was absolutely thrown into a tailspin of being fired. I, I was more mad at the reason I was fired than the fact that I was fired. Mm-hmm. And that I didn't have another job lined up. You know, luckily being the veterinary world, still being short-staffed way back then, it was easy to get another position. Yeah. Uh, right. Yep. Yep. You know, but that was what really triggered me with the rest of how I dealt with my own mental health and how I, you know, tried to help others kind of see where they were coming from. And like they would, you know, start explaining something to me. And I'm like, hey, I, I think you really need to look into this. And they would actually listen and be like, oh, my God, that has helped so much. I'm like, cool. I think lately, the next time that like I it hit me really, really hard, I really needed to seek help to deal with it was moving up to Washington. I was so excited to 
to get this job and move up here. And I felt like a total adult because they flew me up and I was like, oh, I've made it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like, I feel like a lawyer executive or something. I don't know. Like, it's so cool. So I move all the way up here away from all of my friends who are basically my family in this field. Let's see. So I started the job end of February, middle of April, my heart dog got diagnosed with cancer and I was studying for my VTS in ECC. Well, the year, sorry, the year before <laughs> I, I had done my application for the VTS and I was working on my CCRP. So I got my CCRP in December. And then, so then that year, yeah, I was studying for my test. So June, I lost him. I thought I was going to have him at least through IVEX so we could study together and everything. So in June, it got to the point where I'm like, well, this isn't fair. Like, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll stop being selfish. And so then, of course, studying just stopped and... I went into a huge tailspin of depression and sadness. And so, you know, sought out help, got some help. And then the last couple of years of just realizing, sorry to people who might be listening from the Pacific Northwest, but y'all aren't the friendliest people sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) And it's really hard to like make friends. And especially in this field to make friends outside of work is so hard. And so I just... I don't have my people here. So all of my California people, I reach out to not as often as I should, but, you know, just to talk and chat and visit. And, you know, it's, it's just that realization, like, God, I feel so alone here. Whereas I was in the same situation there, same field, living alone, had just having my dogs, but I felt so more a part of things because I had that tribe of people. Hmm. And I know that right now being in management, like I can't, be best friends with my staff because I can't show favoritism. So that just makes it really hard. And so this last last year got really bad where instead of just kind of thinking suicidal thoughts, I started planning and that scared the living crap out of me. So hmm. Code Pineapple became a thing. And I guess before we talk about Code Pineapple, let's take a little break here. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, we will meet back and we'll be right back. Continue this discussion. And we're back. Thanks everybody for uh, for sticking around here. We're talking with uh, Kelly DeSelms today. So, um Kelly, you you mentioned just before the break Code Pineapple. How did it start? What is it? Tell us about it. I don't know how other people handle their their stresses and and those low moments, but for me, even though I'm very talkative right now about it and I can talk about it after the fact, two extremes, when I'm in it, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to call someone and be like, hey, I'm having this really hard time. Mm-hmm. Will you talk to me about this or hear my problems? It's really hard for me to reach out and explain where I'm at. And so, oh God, I don't know, a couple months ago, I hit that really low, low moment. And my person that I rely on is my dad. We have a very interesting, close relationship. I didn't become a daddy's girl until I went to college. (laughs) And then he's just like, when are you visiting? When are you coming? When are you coming home? Should we come down there? I'm like, dude, (laughs) who are you? (laughs) And so now just, I don't know, he's, he's not an emotional guy. He rarely says the right things. (laughs) <laughs> but <laughs> just having his presence around and that distraction, he's really good about finding the worst movies on Netflix to watch. Um, so that's like the best. He and I need to talk. I'm a big fan of terrible movies. Oh, oh yeah. You guys might have a battle of who's the worst. So, but I had called him one day and said, you know, hey, can, can you come? And he was just like, I, I really can't today. And I was like, uh... Okay. And I'd never, never opened up to my family or my, you know, my parents about how extreme my mental illness is. And so I just kind of sat here for a couple days, just in my dark hole of crying and trying to find something good on Netflix to distract me. And the next week I I called him, I was like, okay, here's why this was so bad that you didn't come. And I put it all out there for him. I'm sorry if I get teary. That's <laughs> okay. This is me. And I told him, I was like, I, I don't tell you guys how bad it gets. 
but I had to call or I texted the crisis line when you didn't come. And so he was just like, shit. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, it's just like, I'm, I'm so sorry. I wish you had told me. I was like, I couldn't at the time. And that's what I'm telling you now. And so he's like, we need to develop like a code word that you just send to me. And I know to come running, hmm. I'll, I'll drop everything and I'll just come to you. And so I was like, pineapple. <laughs> just like, blurted it out. Yep. I was like, pineapple. <laughs> He's like, uh, okay. And so this is going to age me a lot, but you guys we're, probably know. We're, yeah, we're old too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so do you guys remember back uh, Jay Leno and he had Ross, the intern, who v- is now vaguely. Like, he's like now this major fashion guy on all those channels and stuff. So Ross, the intern, is very flamboyantly gay and the most amazing person on earth. <laughs> and they did a segment where he went out and he met Steve Ir- Irwin and, you know, Crocodile. Hunter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... So Ross, who is not a nature guy at all, goes out there and he's just like, hi. And he's very, he has his hands going all over the place. And Steve Irwin's like, oh God, he's just, he's just all over the place and he's going to scare something. And Ross is not, he doesn't want to touch anything. And he's just like, okay, that's, that's a spider. Great. Cool. I'll put the snake down. And so Steve ends up putting a tarantula on him. Oh no. And they were, you know, they were talking. He's like, okay, well, what, what's our safe word? Well, let's think of something that, you know. You wouldn't usually say like crikey and <laughs> Ross was like, or pineapple. <laughs> and so he gets the tarantula <laughs> on him and it starts crawling up his arm and he's just frozen in place. And he's like, pineapple, pineapple, pineapple. <laughs> <laughs> so that has always stuck with me. It's one of my favorite clips ever and you can barely find it anywhere anymore. We'll have to try and find that and post it on the, yeah. Yeah, on the page. Yeah, I think I... I think I did finally find it, and I posted it on the um, not one more veterinary support staff oh, site. Oh, excellent, excellent. So that's where pineapple comes from. Then, you know, also with all the wonderful emojis, yes. you can just send an emoji of a pineapple. We started using that, and he was really cute. He would send me, pineapple, don't come, just need to vent. Mm. And so I knew like, okay, my parents are having issues and I've used it a couple times as like a true pineapple moment. I like text it to him like at 6am and I knew he was sleeping, but I wanted him to wake up and come immediately. And so I gave him until 730 before I called him. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, I see you texted me. I'm like, yes, I gave you an hour and a half. Now get here. <laughs> He's like, okay. Let me shower. I'm like, okay, yes, I'll let you do that. And and then come here, and then I want a breakfast burrito and a nice coffee. <laughs> <laughs> On your way. Yeah. Yeah. While you're out. <laughs> and so, you know, that's that's how it developed. And I was telling my staff about it, and they were all just like, God, that's a great idea. You know, here we don't have to explain anything. We just say pineapple. Someone responds. We, we can just talk about something completely different other than this is my state of mind because so many people when you talk to them want to fix you versus mm-hmm. just listening and i think that's a big thing when you're dealing with someone with you know those feelings of you know being so low you don't want someone to be like well let's let's go out and pick you up let's go just get out in the sunshine that'll make you feel better <laughs> uh no um <laughs> So it's just those things like, I don't want to be fixed. I want to be listened to. I want to be supported. Hmm. And so that's the idea behind it. And then I decided, well, this can't just be something that would be useful for me or seem useful to some of my staff. I made up these business cards, basically, that just say code pineapple movement. You're supposed to give them out to your inner circle of people. So like my dad, my best friend, one of my coworkers that I really feel comfortable with. And just say like, hey, if I if I text you this, I need you to respond some way. You know, text, phone call, showing up at my door. Just, I need your support. 
So I ordered like maybe like 500 the first time around, you know, just started at my hospital and half my staff was like, oh, okay, cool. And the other half were just like, this is amazing. Like, (laughs) this is going to help me so much. I have my people in mind. Oh my God, this is great. And so I was like, well, well, maybe I'll do more and put it on a couple of the Facebook sites and... I now have 5,000 cards in circulation. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And what was great was I'm part of one of the management groups, and so many managers out there were asking for them. And I'm just like, God, this is amazing because management should be the ones that reach out for these resources for their people. And I've always told myself I want to be the manager that I should have had or that I wanted. Hmm. So I try and be, you know, as supportive as possible for my people. And so, you know, seeing other managers being that way now, looking for those resources. And right now they're being done and sent and mailed to everybody on donations. So everything is free. They don't have to pay for the cards. They don't have to pay for shipping. So it's, it's to me, it's, it's a really awesome thing that people were interested in, in providing. And unfortunately, because everything has been crazy, I've, I've really slowed down on promoting that. So really hoping that, you know, with you guys, you can market for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're happy to, to yes. get the word out and get that Absolutely. going. Absolutely. That's, that's, yeah, because, that's you know, hope. I just, I think it's a cool resource and it's different. Yeah. Um, yes. And even if it's not like an actual card, if there's like a link that I could create if I was tech savvy, you know, just something like that. Um, yeah. I don't expect or really want to be the only one doing this. I would mm. love it if some group picked it up or if, what is it, the American Suicide Awareness? Mm-hmm. There's so many of them. I've emailed them. They don't respond, but mm. it's something that I would like something like that, someone big. <laughs> you know, cast a much wider net, really. Yeah. And so now that you're like kind of expanding this out, this idea out to more than just your own, you know, between you and your dad and then within your clinic and then now these management groups that you have, have you heard like feedback from this? Have you have you gotten any like responses on on how things have worked? Have you like got any great stories that people have have sent to you? I haven't really, Hmm. um, which kind of is a bummer because I, you know, I did say like, here's the email, here's the Facebook page. Please share your stories, share yeah. this with us. If you need more cards or think of other people, because I started this in the veterinary field because that's my family. But I think, you know, extending it out to, you know, human hospitals and nurses, veterans especially, you know, that's my, you know, lifetime goal is to get it out to those people that really need those resources more than anything and knowing that they have a support system. And I think that's, Another big thing about it is like realizing who is your inner circle that you can talk to about this. Because when you're in the moment, you don't really think about that. You don't think of where is my support coming from to get through this. And so I think already establishing who your who your people are, then it's a lot easier to reach out for help. Absolutely. Well, and like you said, in, in the when you're going through it, like you don't want to have to explain it to people. You just want you just need someone to listen, but it, it's really hard to like get through everything that you're dealing with at that time because it kind of snowballs. And like, he, like I can imagine you find yourself rambling on from topic to topic when really you just need someone to, to be there for you. Yeah. Just, I mean, literally just sitting in a quiet room, eating popcorn, watching Netflix, <laughs> like literally mm-hmm. just kind of dissipates everything mm-hmm. and, you know, not feeling alone. Yeah. You you mentioned kind of how this came to be and, and, and where it started from and, and the significance of it. How do you see this moving forward? Like, what would you, again, unlimited resources, like what steps would you take to, to make this, you know, more known? Like, how do you see this moving forward and, and what would you like to see it become? Um, I would like it to eventually become something that, you know, just like the, you know, different hotlines. Everybody aware that they exist. I have all the numbers posted throughout my clinic, but something to, you know, know like, oh, suicide awareness or prevention. Oh, code pineapple. What's going to be hard with that apparently as, as I'm, you know, putting these in different groups, so many people have different meanings or, or pineapple means different things in different circles, mm. which I found very interesting. 
and not sure if it's podcast um, appropriate. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. So, gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Understood. Understood. But yeah, I'd like it to get, you know, to that point. But like I said before, like, I don't want to be the person to get it there. Sure. I, sure. I don't have those abilities. I don't have that knowledge base. Um, but, you know, just trying to get out to someone that, you know, or an organization that could get it out there. Yeah. Um, I have been in contact with uh, Not One More Vet, and they're talking about it for a little bit, and then I don't know what happened. But, I mean, obviously they got so much going on because they've just exploded. So, But, yeah, that's where I'd like to see it go at some point or something like it. Obviously, it doesn't have to be this. You know, this was just my personal thing that I found helpful, and my staff actually has said to me a couple times, they're like, hey, I pineappled my friend last night. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> that's that's great. Well, go back to work. <laughs> um, but, you know, so I've, I've had those experiences with my own staff, but I haven't had those those stories from people who have gotten the cards mm. yet but well i guess in the grand scheme of things if if you're doing good in the world and you're and you're helping people then all the rest of the stuff is just gravy it's it's right it, it's yeah. great that you're putting this out there and i, I know people must be u- utilizing this and getting help with it so it the big thing is that you're helping people and that, that's what i'm hoping you know because especially i mean when you really talk to all the veterinary people we're very very similar we're all you know, have a big level of introvertness. We all have a big thing of, oh, we don't really want to talk about certain things or, or this and that. But, you know, it, it should be encouraged and it should be something that people can talk more freely about. And I think these younger generations are definitely accepting of that more. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, that's the whole reason that the field has changed in different things that are being offered. But there's always more that we can do. And the way that people learn differently, they feel differently, they're going to use different resources differently. Like for me, I'm not going to call a crisis line because you're not going to hear me through my tears. So texting was my choice that day. Personally, for me, it, it wasn't it wasn't really helpful, but it's because I needed something else. So, you know, thinking of this and <laughs> I've pineappled my friend and it <laughs> just... <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't. Maybe that won't, shouldn't be the slogan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we might, might want to rethink that one a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I sent a pineapple to my friend, um, <laughs> <laughs> and then you know we just talked on the phone about stupid stuff for twenty minutes, yeah. and you know it just got me immediately away from that dark space. You know, when it comes down to it, it's that one. It's that final moment that either sends you over the edge or pulls you back. And that's all I want someone to have is a resource to pull them from that edge. How do you manage your own mental health? I know we've we've talked a lot about this tonight, but how do you how do you manage your own issues and and, and if you can't get help uh with your code pineapple, how how do you manage your own mental health? Well, honestly, not well. <laughs> okay. Um I have used better help. Um, I actually really liked that platform, being able to have those face-to-face, virtual face-to-faces, um, and having the ability to, to email and text all the time was really nice. Again, being a technician and not, you know, having all the funds for that is mm-hmm. difficult because insurance doesn't, or at least my right. insurance doesn't go for it. And then again, coming out of my own pocket from my HSA to pay for it can be rough because doesn't kind take, of, d- doesn't yeah, it doesn't take, take much for that to dry up sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like one month there is half of my, you know, HSA that I take out for the month. So, you know, I've tried that. I'm on a very nice cocktail of medications. I do enjoy TV. Just going to say it. (laughs) I'm a Netflix bum and that's fine. I've accepted that. (laughs) Hey, hey. Um, But my nerdy side, I enjoy crafting. So I make epoxy tumblers with as much glitter as I can possibly get on there. <laughs> mm, you need to talk to my wife. That's a new hobby of hers as well as epoxy and glitter. Oh, yes. Oh, man. Yes. And you with two kittens in the household, you can imagine how well that's going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, hmm. I am rehabbing a raccoon. Oh. So <laughs> let me tell you about that. That's a, that's a whole other podcast. 
<laughs> but him walking around in glitter is oh, oh man boy. oh dear <laughs> oh boy <laughs> i like walked into the kitchen i'm like why is it so shiny in here <laughs> he's like it was me <laughs> i'm like cool thanks bud <laughs> but yeah so just like kind of getting in a crafty mood which again is hard because when you get in that low point and you just have no motivation i really have to push myself like come on kelly glitter you love glitter Glitter makes you happy. Go get the glitter. So I'll, I'll eventually get in there. But I've also I also have a hammock, and that is my happy place. Yeah. Mm, love oh a my hammock. god, the simplicity mm. of a hammock. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. And I've always been afraid of hammocks because I figure I'm just gonna flip it over and fall on my face. <laughs> uh, Worth it. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it's just like. All right. Well, no one's around. We built my fence. No one can see me. I'll keep my phone <laughs> on me in case I die. Right. <laughs> but, but again, being in the Pacific Northwest, I have a very small window of hammock time. <laughs> so, but those are, you know, some things. And I've tried to stay away from retail therapy, even though that is yeah, the preferred smart. method. Yeah, that's yeah. smart. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, sometimes you just can't, but sometimes you have to <laughs> have to dial it back. Yeah, well, and sometimes you just need more glitter. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's true. <laughs> All this glitter talk, and, and people back in New Hampshire know my 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 dislike of of glitter. So, Ashlyn, if you're listening, and I know you're listening, do not send me glitter. <laughs> send mm. him glitter. <laughs> yeah, Jeff. Let's talk later because I need his address. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I've been threatened with so many glitter bombs. It, it's, it's just don't do it. Don't do it, people. Come on, it's so pretty. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you know, as we kind of start to come to a close here, is there is there anything we haven't touched on about Code Pineapple, about mental health uh, that's important to you that you want to take a couple of minutes and discuss or get out to our listeners. Um, is there anything that, that we've missed to this point that you want to touch on before we kind of wrap up? I think just basically, you know, if you're having those moments and those really dark moments where you're thinking of a way out, really assess yourself. I have been battling with this for so long um, that one of the medications that we tried, Prozac, which everybody seems to love, not me like three days in i was so suicidal and these thoughts were Mm. just oh wow taking over everything and i'm like it has to be this this is the only thing that changed so knowing myself knowing that like i've never thought like this before i knew that it wasn't real and so i immediately stopped it i called my doctor and she's like oh my god stop it i'm like dude i did like I know what I'm doing. <laughs> She's like, okay, cool. You know, so really don't be afraid to really try and understand this in yourself. Um, it's not always going to come from answers from doctors or other people. It's going to come from how well you know yourself. Don't be afraid to let people know that you're struggling because then if you're not ready to, you know, like if you don't have the ability to reach out the comfort level with anybody, but someone knows that you're heading in this kind of a place, someone will check on you. But if they don't know, they don't know. I even had to explain to my my staff a while back, they're just like, you just stopped caring about us. And you just like, you haven't been here, you know, mentally. And I'm just like, uh-huh, uh-huh, I get that. But let me tell you why. When you see that much of a dramatic change in someone where all of a sudden someone who was so supportive or so bubbly or would come in and crack a joke about anything. And then all of a sudden they don't care and they're not communicating. There's something going on. It's not anything to do with the people individually that they're talking to or not talking to. It's their own inner battle. And sometimes that's a lot more apparent um, in some instances. Like I didn't think I was that different, but they definitely saw a difference. And when I told them and I was like, well, I was uh, spending the week contemplating what would hurt more, staying here or cutting my wrists. And they just were like, oh, oh, Mm. I was like, yeah. I was like, you guys know how open I am with this about you. You know my story. Why didn't you think about that? So I think, you know, not only is people suffering from depression of 
being able to, you know, not necessarily accept it, but understand it in themselves and to reach out and get help. But for those who are around people with depression, to watch out for those, you know, minimal signs that sometimes, you know, just seem like a passing thought that then later they go, oh, I had, I just had no idea. And then they think about, they're like, oh yeah, no, I, I did see signs and I just didn't pay attention because I thought she was mad at me. Just, just for people to really try and be more aware of it, not only in themselves, but others as well to identify when those things might become an issue. Hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, Kelly, I genuinely appreciate your time today and being yeah, so too. raw and so honest and forthcoming with all of this. I, I think it's it's really good just for people to hear that, that they're not the only ones that, that feel this way. And, and to your last point, you know, I, I know I've I, I'm not the best at, at keeping in touch with people at times. And I don't know, there's been times where I've thought, you know, I should really text this person and just see, you know, not not even necessarily like, how are you doing in terms of mental health? But hey, you know, just thinking about you, how are you? And I've gotten text messages back like, you have no idea how how badly I needed to hear that at that time. Mm-hmm. Like, how did you know? And it yeah, just, I, I don't know. It, it, I don't know how to describe it other than that, other than to say, if you think about someone you haven't talked to in a while, just like reach out and send them a text and say, hey, I, I don't know why, but I was thinking about you. How are you? Like, yeah. and you know, just like that's, super simple. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you, you have no idea sometimes how some of those small things can, can make big impact. So yeah, I, I genuinely appreciate your time and your insight. Yeah. I'm happy to, happy to share it unless I'm going through it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes, yes, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. And so your, your email address is code pineapple movement at gmail.com. Yeah. Um, and they can email you to get cards is that yep, and share your can, story and share their yep. story and share the story. Okay. Yep, Great. And then you story all- and yeah, they can get cards through me, which, you know, no fees for right now. Cause I still have donations available to send those out. And then I also have the Facebook page of Code Code Pineapple Movement. Good. Wonderful. And, and you have an Instagram page too? Okay, so technically... Uh, <laughs> I, know it, I know it exists because we follow it. Yeah. Oh, okay, thank you. <laughs> You're not following much. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I am much more of a Facebook generation than an Instagram. Gotcha. And, uh, you and me That's both. Fair. That's yeah. fair. One of the gals that uh, first, you know, was super excited about the Code Pineapple thing, she was just like, oh, my God, how can I help you? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> what, <laughs> what do you think I should do? And she's like, you need an Instagram. I'm like, oh, okay. And five minutes later, she's like, okay, I got it for you. <laughs> well, I was like, what? Wow. One thing I would say, you know, if you do if you do the Facebook, if you have a Facebook page and you do the business suite, you can link your pages together so that you can just check a box and it'll post to both. Oh. That's that's how Jeff I is the do one that it. Handles that. I, and, I don't and know it, how to do and it, it, it it was life-changing. All right. Well, let's Yeah. Let's yeah. have a meeting about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good God. Do you, here, I'll just give it to you guys. Yeah. You, you guys just, you know. We, you know, we actually talked to our last guest about giving it to them. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so um, it might just get kicked down the line a little yeah. bit. Right. We'll just keep, just keep sending it to the next yeah. person. Yes, yes. Well, yeah. I was just watching Pirates of the Caribbean because you have to binge all the movies sometimes. And the, one of the scenes is like, all right, watch the boat. And they turn to the next one. Watch the boat. Turn to the next one. Watch the boat, and <laughs> ends up being the the guy with the parrot that can't talk, <laughs> and even the parrot leaves him. <laughs> I was like, "Yep, that's what we're doing. Just pass it on down." <laughs> Just yep, yep. Kick it on down the line. All right. Well, I think that's about all the time we have for today. Yes. 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 Well, thank uh, we you have so one, much. We have one final question. We're not going to let you Uh-oh. off that easy. Uh-oh. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, these, these these questions are tailored to you, so we're we're gonna pick one here. <laughs> okay. I think the first one, Jeff. I, I think so too, and I have a very strong opinion about this one, but I will I will let <laughs> we'll, you. Fire we will away. get to our opinions. Yes. Okay, All right. Scared. You're these, these 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 questions again were were picked with with you plus or minus pineapples in mind. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Your vet tech cafe. Would you rather question? Are you ready for it? Uh oh. Yeah. Okay. Would you rather have pineapples or anchovies on your pizza? Oh, pineapple. Okay. 
And, and Jeff, Jeff I'm going to assume you hate pineapple on your pizza, right? I absolutely love it. I am a Southern oh. California boy. That is oh. like very normal here. Ham and pineapple pizza. I, I, I love pineapple on my pizza. Me too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there and, are so many people that hate it. And I'm oh, like, I know. It's it's it, it's like it's to me. It's it's on the same level of whether or not Die Hard is a Christmas movie, which is a whole <laughs> other podcast episode. Um, but yes, yeah, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Of course. Uh, but uh, pineapple on pizza. That. Pineapple pizza is is very very divisive. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm mm-hmm. glad we're all on the same page here. You yeah. know what I like to do? Here's what I like to do. I like to get the Hawaiian pizza, but you add jalapenos to it. Ooh. Uh, oh no! I'm, no, I'm not, a, oh. I'm not a huge spice guy, but yeah. I will. I will. For uh, me, I, oh, that is perfect. I, I will re- mention that to Molly, and I bet that will be one of the next pizzas yeah. we make. It's, yeah. have, that's fantastic. Have oh. you had the Hawaiian pizza with? Do the white sauce mm. versus the red sauce? I have not mm. had it with the white sauce. I've not, dude. Try that. Should I give have. It a try. I have totally changed everyone's opinion at work of wow. how to eat. The Hawaiian All pizza. right, all right. And all this pineapple pizza talk, we've just lost half of our listeners. Yes, 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 probably. Oh, wow. It was a good well, half to it lose. Was, it, yeah, I was going to say, it was, it was the right half. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Maybe that could be a, a Facebook post. Yes, yeah. yes. Spout well, out your opinions on pineapple pizza. Oh, boy, oh, boy, yes, <laughs> yes. Well, Kelly, thank you again so much for your time and for talking to us and, and helping us understand Code Pineapple and, and why it's so important and where it comes from. And we, we generally, gen, genuinely, excuse me um appreciate your uh again your you know vulnerability and and putting yourself out there and and sharing your story and because i i think you know i i made a post today about louise and and how kim dave you know on our episode with her last year she said louise o'dwyer's story was her story and i think that story that kelly shared is is so many of our own story and Mm -hmm. it, it just I think the more that we talk about it, the more that we hear it, the more we identify it in ourselves, and then the more we can actually start to act and and make change and, and yeah. improve. So I, I genuinely, genuinely appreciate it. Yeah, I'm happy to share it because, you know, especially right around when I got the cards, like right before the cards got delivered to me, I think we lost another veterinarian. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh my God, what if I yeah. had just gotten this a week earlier, a month right. earlier? Right. Just something, you know, so yeah. that's, yeah. you know, another reason why it's so heartbreaking is the amount of people we're losing and, yeah, and just trying to, to help as many people as we can. Yeah. Yeah. Understood. Well, I think that's a good way to end it right yeah. there. All right. Thank you, well, Kelly. Caffeinate- yes. Thank you so much, Kelly. Caffeinators, we hope you guys are well. Um, please take care of yourselves and please take care of each other. Yep. Check in on your friends, check in on your colleagues, check in on your family. Just ask them how they're doing. Just Send that text. Make that phone call. Um, this day and age, right most, now. People, most people don't answer, but leave a voicemail. Um, yeah. Something. Just just reach out and say, hey, like, how's it going? You you have no idea how much of an impact that can make. So, yeah. mm-hmm. um, so Kelly, thanks again. Dave, it was great chatting with you as well. Um, and look forward to uh, having another episode soon. Bye, guys. Bye, everybody. Hey, caffeinators. We would like to thank you for listening to the Vet Tech Cafe podcast today. As you guys are well aware by now, we often talk about difficult issues that face our profession, and we chat with colleagues and leaders in our field who have strong opinions of these issues. Those opinions expressed by either Dave and I as the hosts or those opinions expressed by our guests are their opinions alone and do not represent any other person, any other business or institution or any other entity with or within the scope of veterinary medicine. If you have any questions relating to this, please feel free to email us at vettechcafe at gmail.com. You can check out our website, vettechcafe.com. And please, whatever podcast form you're using to listen to our episodes, like us, follow us there, like us and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And lastly, have a great day, caffeinators. You guys are awesome. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.